Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, and I'm joined by the one, the only, my Smart Money Happy Hour co-host, Rachel Cruz. Good to be this here, is George. Fun. Always is. We usually don't host a whole bunch together, but this is when we get to, it's a real treat. It's a, it's a special time, and y'all are here for it. So uh, we haven't got to hang out in a while, Rachel. We're taking calls from people all over the world now. We're, we've gone international, officially. So if you want to join us, call 888 5225 we'll answer your questions we'll give you our best advice sometimes it I, we've been known to hurt feelings we've been known to tell people to sell the horse this is the we, kind of stuff that happens on this we, show you're in there a part of that you're an accomplice rachel i will give you advice in a kind nice way george you we'll never see. know you never know well congrats <laughs> rachel on your new kids book it's been fun i'm oh, glad for what you. i have yes. i read it to mia the other day my you little did. she doesn't know because she's five months old but she enjoyed it that's good hey Reading even to the young ones. It's I've heard that. George, yeah. I saw my wife sent me the Instagram reel. <laughs> Thank you. Jonathan is up first in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. How can we help? So I am a uh, long time familiar with Dave Ramsey. Uh, just kind of started getting into it more recently the last year. Um, but I am going, I've, I've done the baby steps, I've been debt-free and then got married and other things. So recently I've done the attempt to get my wife to budget with me. So I got her to watch the financial piece that was gifted to me because I'm a veteran. Um, and I got her to watch the first episode. And as soon as I brought up the budget, she shut it down. She was mad. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's something more deep seated going on, but we're not really financially hurting, but yeah. we are losing a lot of money just to waste. Sure. Okay, so Jonathan, why? Why was she why was she mad? What was what was she saying in her anger? Uh that she didn't want to have any constraints. She didn't want me to control her spending. I think she didn't really want me to know what she was spending on. Okay. Do you guys budget do you guys share an account together? We do, and okay. that was a point of contention about 13 years ago when we got married, but we did join the accounts, okay. and I eliminated her. Um, she had uh, college debt and, you know, other car loans and, and credit cards and all that, and so yeah. I, we've purged all that since mm-hmm. um, and joined accounts. And was and she on board have, with that, with getting have, out of debt? Yes. Okay, yeah. so it's the budgeting piece for her, and she's is she mm-hmm. the spender out of both of you? I I mean... We're probably both equally spendy. Yeah. You know. Do you, yeah. Jonathan, if you were to be honest with us, do, have you had any uh, history of maybe a uh, snide mar- remark or two with what she has spent on? Have you like been sarcastic <laughs> with it or do you bring it up in uh, a way that she doesn't like? Like, I'm just curious that dynamic. Well, um, when we got together, she was a lot fancier than me. So <laughs> okay. she would like, you know, finer things and, you know, Louis Vuitton and, you know, stuff like that. So I'm sure I possibly have thrown out a, wow, that's a lot of money for something, you know. Right, comment. right, right. Okay, well, I think one of the biggest, you know, breakdowns that I'm hearing is in a perfect world, you know, you both would 
agree on, yeah, here's what we're going to spend. You know, here's electricity. Here's our cable. Here's like our utilities, you know, the basic stuff of life. And then us both say, okay, you know, here's an amount of money per month that we agree on together that Jonathan gets, that your wife gets. And and together you both say, it doesn't even have to be an equal amount of money, right? I mean, she could say, no, I, I actually on average spend X amount. And if you guys can afford that and it's not constraining other parts of the budget uh, to be able to say, yes, she can. But I think it's the idea that you guys are agreeing on where she's spending, or I'm sorry, on on how much she is spending. Because to me, the amount, I think it's the first step. And then the where would be the second step. But I don't think the where matters as much. Like Winston probably thinks I'm crazy how much I get my nails done. Like, do you know what I mean? Like he, his, like the where is like a, okay. Um, But I think it's the amount that you guys agree and you're on the same team to say, okay, here's what our overall money looks like. And within this, you know, you're not her dad that's going to be ruling over her to tell her where she can spend her money. But we both agree, like, this is a reasonable amount for us to spend on personal things or even out to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I th- and Jonathan, have you kind of seek to understand when you go, hey, what's what's behind this? I I feel like, you know, there was some some high emotion here when you shut down there. I just want to know, like, does this come from somewhere? Was there anything in your past or you know, why do you feel like this budget's going to control us? All I'm asking is that we pre-decide how we spend our paychecks and we can decide that you have a lot of money for fun. I think she sees like we're going to have a life of sacrifice and rice and beans and couponing for the rest, you know, rest of your days. Is that how she's feeling? I don't know that it's that. And because like I said, I, when I brought the budget to her, she wouldn't even look at it. So it's not, it's not that. What kind of know, budget did you make? Was this Excel I made spreadsheet? A zero- Zero balance or zero dollar budget, whatever it is at the end. I'm trying to do the thing that y'all did. Did you use um, it like every dollar of the app or was it an Excel yeah. spreadsheet? Okay. Yeah. Every dollar. Good. Sometimes, you know, but someone shows me an Excel spreadsheet, I shut down. At. Okay. She wouldn't look at the numbers at all. Nothing. And yeah, did you ask, and you didn't, did, did you ask why? Well, our, our communication is sometimes strained and limited also. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, when I, whenever it's something that's uncomfortable or, you know, not easy, just glazed over the top, something more in depth, it's kind of like, mm, I don't yeah, want to do she that. She didn't go so, there. Yeah. It feels vulnerable. Yeah. It feels scary for whatever reason. So Jonathan, I think that's, that's, that's the issue, right? And we usually say money issues within marriage are rarely the actual money issue. To your point, it's not like she was like, no, I need $300 a month, not, you know, right. 250 right. It's it's the it's the communication. Something in her does not feel okay to go there for whatever reason. And George is right. It's usually it comes from somewhere. It stems from somewhere. Um, and for you guys to get on the same page, because if you can understand and you guys communicate more effectively in general, uh, that's going to help you. You know, help 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 you effectively communicate with the money. That's going to help you obviously communicate better in general. But uh, I mean. To me, that's a that's where you bring in a third party. Yeah, to I mean, sit down and do have you guys some... ever been to marriage counseling? No, and I suggested I'm I'm usually the you know the the instigator. I'm I'm usually trying, and she's because I've taken care of everything, you know, since the beginning. Uh, it, it, I'm I maybe have a little bit of you know anxiety and and things to bring up topics to her because every time I try to bring it up to her, it's just shut down. Mm. And so there may be some animosity and, you know, all that. So that's what we need to get 
to the bottom of. Before we start talking about money goals, we need to learn what's behind all this. How do we communicate well? And I'm going to send you some tools to help. Number one is a copy of my book, Breaking Free from Broke. I want you guys to read chapter 10. It's called Budgeting is Freedom. I think it'll show her a different way. And I'm going to send you a copy of Rachel's book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money. It's going to really help her understand why she thinks the way she thinks around money and maybe unlock some really cool things and conversations. So we're wishing you the best, Jonathan. Hang on the line and Skylar will get you those books. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney. And one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you want to join us, we've got a brand new event coming up in May, on May 10th and 11th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Total Money Makeover Weekend. And whether you've been listening to us for decades or this is your first time listening, we want you to to get a little pep in your step when it comes to your money goals. In one weekend, you're going to get a crash course on everything we teach about money with brand new content from all of the Ramsey personalities. Rachel Cruz will be there, myself, Dave Ramsey, Dr. John Deloney, Jade Warshaw, Ken Coleman. And uh, there's going to be live Q&As throughout the weekend. It's going to be interactive. We have a live Smart Money Happy Hour on Friday Mm -hmm. night. Looking forward to that. And this is a really fun weekend. We don't do events boring. And so this is the one to bring that spouse to, the reluctant friend. If you want to come solo, you're welcome. All are welcome here. Early bird tickets start at just 99 bucks for a limited time. So if you want the best deal, go grab your tickets. They will sell out. RamseySolutions.com slash events. Put it in the budget, and we'll see you guys May 10th and 11th right here at the Ramsey headquarters. It's going to be fun. All right. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Kiera is in Buffalo, New York. What's going on? Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. So I am 24, and I have over a half a million dollars in debt. Wow. Is that consumer debt, or does that include a mortgage? So that's with my mortgage and my car loan. Okay. That makes me at least breathe a little easier. So let's walk through the consumer debt. How much consumer debt do you have? What are the amounts? None. None? Oh, so it's just your mortgage. Yeah, my mortgage is four hundred ninety thousand. Okay. What's the rest? Um, and then my car, I owe fifty four thousand left on it. Oh, okay. So that would, we would label anything non mortgage as consumer debt, if that helps. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. My so car, you have fifty four thousand yeah. on the car. Anything else? No. And then four ninety on the mortgage. How much do you make a year? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm self employed, so it kind of varies some years. Um, my last taxes, it was. 250000 Awesome. At 24. That's amazing. What yeah. do you do? 
Um, I'm a reseller. All right. And what's your question today? So my question is, I have some money in the bank. I have some in savings. I have a retirement account. Um, but my biggest question is the car payment kind of is weighing heavy on me. Um, and I wanted to get your opinion, um, on where like my money should be going kind of. So I have in a high yield savings account about 46,000. Um, so I was wondering, I kind of wanted to get rid of my car. Like after listening to you guys, um, I wish I would listen sooner, but I, I don't think I need this luxury car. Um, and it was kind of an impulse decision just to buy it. Um, so I was wondering if I should take some of this money and get rid of my car. As in sell it and downgrade to a different car with cash? Well, I, um, I'm engaged. So we have two cars um, right now, um, and we would just be sharing the one car. Is that is that a reasonable lifestyle switch for you, Kira, to just go down to one car? Yes. Okay. Uh, how much could you sell it for? So that's the thing that is um, unfortunate because, like, I'm, um, you know, the car. Um, I got different quotes and stuff. So I owe fifty four left, and my offer was thirty seven thousand. That's like where was this offer that. from? Um, well, that was CarMax. Um, I've tried to sell it like personally, um, like online. Um, and I'm going into a dealership on Saturday to do some kind of like auction thing to see if they can get maybe even a little bit more. I, my guess is private party is going to be your best bet to sell this for top dollar mm -hmm. versus going to a dealership. Of course, they're going to lowball you because they're going to sell it for that higher amount. Yeah. And what so, kind of car is it? It's a BMW X5. Okay. Um, what year yeah. is it? 2019. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, if I were you, if you're if you're honest to, about yourself and your day-to-day -day life and how that looks, that you really don't feel like you need a car. Like, if that really is true, because you make plenty of money, P.S. You can afford to get another car, maybe a different car, and you can do something different, but don't feel like a not having a car is your only option. I just want to give you that window that you have great money saved. If you needed to get a car, you could. Okay, so just And if you wanted that. to pay off this car, you could. Yes, that's right. And just keep it. Yeah, but if you don't want it and you're like, it's just too nice, I don't need it, you are upside down. So what I would try to do almost is just say, hey, I want to try to get 40 for it, a little bit more than what was quoted in a private sell selling situation is probably the way you're going to do that. And then you're going to have to say, okay, I got 14000 of my own money that I'm going to have to just, you know, finish off the loan. And, we, and take that out of your high-yield savings account. Yeah, we, we just call that stupid tax when we do things that we're like, dang mm -hmm. it, and just take it out of your high-yield um, and then start from there. And if you want a different car or, you know, something down the road, I would use that money saved that you have to get a great used car, um, yeah, that you want. So when are, when are you guys going to get married? Hopefully, with, like, next year. Okay, so not a date. Are you guys going to live in this house that you have a mortgage on right now? Yes. You are? Okay. Is he coming into the marriage with any um, real estate? Um, wait, what do you mean by that question? Like, does he, does he own a home too? Like, will he be selling? No. Okay. No, this is our home. We bought, we bought it together um, last year. Okay, okay. Um, he's also, the thing, I, the only reason why this car is weighing so heavy on me is because I know this is like my only debt, but 
I don't mean to put his business out there, but he has a lot of debt. So it's, um, and we're just trying, we are trying to like clear his debt right now. Um, so you're not trying why, to pay like, off his debt car. though, right? Okay. So one thing you have to realize, Kira, is yes, I understand that you guys are engaged. You're, I believe, will get married next year, but you guys legally, you're not married. You're roommates. I mean, from a, from a legal standpoint, you realize that, right? I know relationally in love and future plans, all the things. So with your money, the wisest thing you can do, which sounds harsh, I know, in your situation because you guys have already bought a house together, you keep things separate financially. We have talked to so many people, Kira, who have used their money to pay off someone's debts and they start working together and suddenly the wedding next year doesn't happen and you are out all this money. And so protecting yourself in that sense is necessary during this time and because you have no legal contract. I mean, there's there's nothing legally binding you guys together. If you were married, that's a different story. Um, but from this standpoint, I would not be paying on his debt. So you need to be focused on you. He needs to be focused on him. And then you have to say, yeah, when we get married, we do become one. All of this, then we can work as a team. But I would not be doing that until then. Until you say, I do, and you sign that marriage license and there's a ring on the finger, you guys are not, I would not work together as one when it comes to the money. Now you guys can be encouraging and all of that, but I would be have very separate financial lives at this point. Okay, that makes sense. And I should have mentioned like the car would be his that we'd be using. So we'd be paying on his loan. So there's a loan on his car. Yeah, What's the left one on that, that we would be splitting the payment. Um, I actually just asked him; he didn't answer, but I think it's around like forty thousand. I wouldn't do any Kira, of this. I, w- I wouldn't do that. Just go get your own car with cash. Don't pay on a car that you don't even own. Yeah, it's, that's not even in your name. You ha- you have no. The point to get so rid of this car I is to get keep... rid of the payment, and you're just going to take on another payment, but less. Mm-hmm. With one car, right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that. Honestly, I if I were you, I would get rid of this car because I think it's a good exercise for you. You're 24. You're like I made a crazy purchase. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have bought it. And I, if I were you, I would go get you know a ten thousand dollar whatever whatever. Go drive that. He needs to work on his stuff. I mean, like his debts, uh, his income, all of that needs to be his. This does not need to be your responsibility. Because what what concerns me a little bit, and I could be reading into it, is that you're so responsible. You're obviously extremely bright you're making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a 24 year old i mean like you're a go-getter okay and i'm not saying he isn't but in some cases what we find is that he gets the benefit and reaps the benefit of all the greatness that you have but then you get no benefit from him <laughs> from a legal standpoint because you're not married so i i would be very cautious in all of that sharing and, and buying a house together too these this is for the listener out there do not put both of your names on a deed of a house if you are not mm-hmm. legally married. It gets you in a mess, you guys. It'll get you in a mess. Hey, listen up. Everyone is at risk of identity theft. I don't care if you're a hermit living off the grid listening to the show on a battery-powered radio. All of your data, collected by every company you've ever done business with, lives online. Your bank, your doctor's office, retailers, the apps on your phone, the gas station where you have loyalty rewards, they all store your info online, making them ripe 
for a cyber attack or data breach. That's why I've been telling people for almost 25 years they need an ID theft protection plan, and the only one I've ever recommended is from Xander Insurance. They monitor your personal and financial info, even your home title, and take over the work if you become a victim. It's the most thorough and affordable plan out there. I even have it for my family and our entire team. Visit Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. The number to call is 888 5225. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. From repairs and maintenance to home improvement projects, winter can bring some challenges for homeowners, and you need Neighborly's helpful winter checklist, and it's free. You can download it for free at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. All right, this one is from Jenny in South Carolina. My husband and I are on baby step two. We have an SUV that has paid off, and my husband wants to finance a second vehicle. It's kind of the opposite of baby step two there, but mm. uh, he has $12,000 to put towards the purchase. I thought he was looking in the range of thirty-five to 45000 but he now wants one that costs $90,000. He only wants to use the truck for eight months and then take advantage of the buyback program from the dealership and get a cheaper vehicle then. We can't afford an $800 car payment for the next eight months, and I don't trust the buyback program. How do I make him see that the numbers just don't work to finance a vehicle right now? I have asked him to find a vehicle that we can afford with the $12,000, or he can use our SUV, and I will drive an older vehicle. This argument has been going on for six months, and I don't know how much more our marriage can take. The stress has gotten the worse, and... I'm currently between jobs and my income is very low right now. Ooh, goodness. Sounds like a lot, Jenny. Um, it sounds like he is coping with a marriage on the rocks. She's unemployed. They're between incomes. And he's like, I'm going to go get a giant truck to make me feel better about all of this. I just want some kind of comfort in my life right now because everything else seems to be chaotic. Yeah. This man is reverting to a child. He's like Benjamin buttoning Rachel real time <laughs> right, with his finances. Right in front of our eyes. Um, She's right. So I Jenny, mean, if yeah. you need some confirmation, oh, yes. yeah. you have $12,000 to purchase a car. But Jenny, I think you're asking the wrong question. She says, how do I make them see that the numbers just don't it's work? Not to about find the it? It's not the numbers. It's the fact that you guys are obviously not on the same page. You're trying to do a program and get out of debt while he's adding on debt. Like you're literally counteracting each other. It doesn't make sense. And so what ends up happening is exactly what is happening, sadly, is it causes a lot of stress. It causes a lot of fights because you're both not walking the same path you're you're running into each other and so that's going to cause tension and so for you guys i would just pan way back and say okay as our family what do we want money to look like what what does this look like for us and if you guys can't get on the same page with that value system then yeah i mean i i think we said it in an earlier call but it's true i'm like that means there's you're probably not on the same page on a lot of things in life and so working and finding that unity, and even if that's bringing in, you know, a marriage counselor or a therapist to get you guys back on that same page. And 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 always know with marriage, you guys, that there's always going to be opposites, okay? So there's always going to be one person that always kind of wants the bougier thing, probably in the one that's like, eh, we're fine here, or one's more of a spender, one's more of a saver. Like, you're always going to have these different money personalities in a marriage. So we're not saying you have to be uniformed and just identical robots together, uh, but the overall big picture is that you want to be walking the same path. And that usually comes down to value system, a value system conversation that obviously you guys are on separate pages. So I think that looking at that as the issue uh, is where I would start. Yeah, this is so tough because this marriage is only it's only going to go 
grow further apart right. if he makes this decision. And it's going to be a harder decision to undo. And it's going to cause so much resentment on Jenny's side of like, she does not going to feel like she has a vote in this marriage. If he goes and does this behind her back, in front of her back, no matter how he does it, it's going to screw things up even more. So she needs to have the come to Jesus meeting with him and go, listen, I don't feel safe. I'm trying to do this plan. This marriage is not going well. We need to get on the same page. You need to act like an adult and have some delayed gratification. Yeah, And that means one day you can have that truck when we can pay for it in cash, when we're not in debt. But right now is not the time to go make more terrible decisions. Yeah, because again, take the money piece out of this, you guys. Like, It's just the fact of, it's just disrespect, right? Like if one spouse is pleading with another on something, you would listen to that, right? What would right? you do in if some, Winston some, went out and financed a $90,000 truck while you guys were in debt, actively trying to get out? Well, that's the thing is I'm like, yeah, we can talk about the money piece about how that pulls you backwards and all of that, but it's a complete respect thing. I'm like, there's a level that you're you're obviously not being heard in your money, probably not in other parts of your marriage. And Jenny, like, I don't, you know, I mean, you sa- it sounds like a, such a desperate situation, um, which is so sad and it's so difficult. And there's a lot of couples that are walking this road right now. But it's so much more than just the money decision. It's the fact that he's not hearing her, respecting her. And and at least like, I'm like, it's one thing if he's like, no, Jenny, I think you're wrong. But you know what? I'll come down at least go to $35,000. There's zero compromise like there, It's just a complete like middle finger is what it feels like. I'm yeah. Like, I'm going to just go do whatever the I want. And that's not a I'm marriage. Not, that's not, not a healthy marriage. I'm not here to rag on the truck bros, Rachel, because I get a lot oh. of flack for that. But there's something about opinion on trucks. There's something I'm not going to even call men in trucks. I'm going to send boys in trucks because men in trucks I have no problem with. Winston Cruz has an awesome truck. I got to ride in it. That thing is awesome. That's right. Boys in trucks. And by boys, I mean grown men who are financing $90,000 trucks to cope. That's not okay. And I will uh, fight against that every single day. Fight the good fight, George. That's what I'm doing. In Winston's the, the tundra, Lord's, the Lord's calling on your life, <laughs> Rachel. I had to crawl into Winston's tundra. It was so high up. I was like, "Is there a ladder you can throw down?" Stop! For me? It's not a raised truck. It's a regular truck, George. Truck. All right. Truck. Jillian is up next in Salt Lake City. Jillian, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. What's going on? So we are we've gotten ourselves into a situation, and we're wondering the best way to get out of it. Um, so we are looking to see is it makes sense to pull 401k to pay off a HELOC. How that old is, are you? I just turned 40 on Saturday. Mm. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy big birthday. Thank That's you. a big milestone. And also, please never do this. <laughs> okay, I know. Happy birthday. Don't do it. So you're, <laughs> I understand you're, you've got this big HELOC and you're looking for yeah. some kind of shortcut to go, how do we get out of this HELOC? But what you're doing is robbing your future self with penalties and fees on top of that i would just oh i would just treat it as a baby step six situation jillian i would i would because how much do you owe on your house mortgage wise so mortgage wise we're like 450 which it's only two and a half percent but the heloc is like eight and a half percent the payment is killing us yeah yeah how much do you guys make a year um which sounds like a lot of like uh it is a lot around three hundred fifty thousand. okay yep um, it is a lot, but, but when you're drowning in payments yeah, all over the yeah, place, it doesn't feel like a lot. Yeah, yeah, we're we're cutting back as much as we can, and obviously we need to make changes. But what was the HELOC for? Uh, a house remodel and a pool. As one does. It's the American yep. way. Okay, <laughs> any other debt? Um, we have a credit card. I have a business that I just started, so I have like $18,000 on a credit card. Okay. But other than that, we have our cars are paid off. 
Um, we were debt free until this pool. Yeah. My husband makes large, large commission checks, and we made we about one hundred seventy thousand dollars more than we're making now. And so we knew that we would get these commissions and be able to pay this off. And the market turned in his in his you know where he works, and um, bonuses are not coming. And so we. And then the HELOC This is like Clark Griswold yeah. That's what I was going to say. In real yes. life. You guys lived yeah. out the Christmas vacation Did story. you learn nothing from that movie? <laughs> right? You thought this well, is a fictional movie. It doesn't happen And Jillian, life. this is a really good lesson for people. This is not to continue to pick on your situation by any means. But this happens all the time. And I can do this mentally and emotionally. You spend the money before you get the money, right? You're like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, we're going to make what? Oh, this is going so well. We're This year we're for sure going to make, and you already spend it, right? Whether in your it's emotions kind of the or of actually. Is spending money you don't have and then hoping you have it later. Yeah, but, it, but right? it's different when you feel like, no, I'm supposed to have a $170,000 bonus, you know, and then yeah. you don't have yeah. it. So, <sighs> so yeah, I think yeah. it's just a, I think it's a pain point, uh, Jillian, for you guys. Storm. So yeah. I would just, I would, I would pay off. I would pay off your, is it the car, the 18000 Credit, so card. credit card credit card yeah, oh, that's right i'm sorry for the business yeah. yep i would i yeah. would focus you guys to pay that off get that out okay because that's going to just free up some mental space because i yeah. would then move forward do you guys have savings at all um no okay so i would save up three yeah. to six months of expenses after you pay off this card okay. and then um and then i would be funding retirements um you know look at the kids college stuff but i would i would attack this heloc first uh, and then your mortgage, but I would I would go ahead and start the baby steps, uh, but I would use this HELOC as kind of a baby step six A, and then your mortgage is six B. But yeah. I would put, I would put it there. And so, making three fifty, Jillian, you guys are going to get out of this faster than you think, but it's going to take some deep sacrifice. Y'all been living la vida loca, and now you're broke. So you're going to get out of it. We have hope in you and faith. So call us back when you're debt free. We'll celebrate with you and happy belated birthday. This is the Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. I'm George Campbell, joined by Rachel Cruz. This is The Ramsey Show. And if you enjoy this show, you should check out Smart Money Happy Hour, co-hosted by myself and Rachel Cruz. We have a blast. And if you need to like send someone the show that's not too heavy, too intense, Smart Money yeah. Happy Hour is it's a breath of fresh air. There's lots of laughs. And you kind of we sneakily teach you money things. But you don't even know time. it. You don't even know. It's like a, what? Our writer Savannah said that she was at the nail salon and some Gen Z girls were like, hey, you know that Dave guy? She's like, yeah. She's like, well, his daughter has a really cool <laughs> podcast. I love it. We're talking about Smart Money Happy we Hour at the nail salon. current events, pop culture, and money. So Rachel's the like best. the cool sister. It's the best. And I'm the cool uncle, I guess. Uncle George. That's right. <laughs> All right. Gabriella is up next in McAllen, Texas. Gabriella, what's going on? Hi, guys. Thank you for taking my call. So my question is, 
my ex-boyfriend left me with an RV payment, and I do not want to pay it. Oh, my gosh. So what happened? You guys... So he took it to go work and could no longer afford the payment on it and left it to me last weekend and was like, here you go. Here's the RV with the payment. What do you mean left it to you? Whose name is on the loan? It is under my name. We were together oh. for 10 years. Oh, um, no. I got it for for him. So he had to go work in the oil field. And um, he we split up about a year ago and he, he can't afford it anymore. He So he brought it back to me and I'm left with it. Oh no. Shoot. Mm -hmm. Well, Gabrielle, you'll never do that again. Will you? I've learned my lesson. Oh no. You know, we talked to somebody earlier in the hour and her and her boyfriend, well, fiance, they don't really have a date. I don't think a wedding date we asked, but yeah, both their houses, their names are on the deed of the house. And I just thought, Oh no, 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 no. So Um, you're a great, uh, I guess, Poster child of what can happen when you yes. sign on to debt and buy things with people you're not married to. And I'm so sorry. You, I mean, on top of the hurt from this re- long-term relationship well, being a, over. And it was a year ago, though. So now you're like, well, crap. Now <laughs> I got to. What what's left this. on the RV loan and what is it worth? It is, the balance left is around 48000 And looking it up, it's worth around 30000 Mm-hmm. So you're $18,000 underwater? Basically, for some reason, they took, uh, like, the prices in RVs were just expensive when I bought it and have dropped. Well, uh, that's been the theme on the show for the last week or month is everyone is underwater (laughs) on vehicles and things with wheels because it was really expensive Mm -hmm. and they had good intentions and then the market turned and now everyone's underwater. So... There's only two ways to go about this. Number one is you need to come up with the $18,000 in cash in order to sell it and pay off the loan. Or number two, you go get a personal loan for the difference of that 18000 to get out from under this. Do you have any money? Uh, yeah, I have around 10000 in savings. Good. And any other debt? Yeah, well, yes, I have a mortgage. Um, I pay my vehicle, but my vehicle is actually a lease. And um, I hadn't learned my lesson at the time, but I have a bedroom set under under my name that somebody else owes about $3,000 of that. Really no credit card debt. Um, somebody else owes? Like, yes, it's under my name, so technically I owe it, but... <laughs> and are they paying, yeah. are they paying on it? Or you're, you're- yes and no. Okay. Oh, gosh. Is this, is this family? Is that a friend that you, like, said, hey, it I'll is, get... It's- it's family. It's a family member. Oh, gosh. I think Co-signing. you need to stop being generous with money you don't have, Gabriella. That's what's been I happening. Know. It's a theme in your life. You sound like such a sweet, wonderful person. And now, how much do you make a year? Uh, so this year, I made, so I'm actually a nurse. And with COVID, um, I made really good money uh, 2022. Kind of gone down some. So this year, I made 133 but it will probably drop again this year because uh, there's no more COVID crisis, so that's just how it works. Not if I can help it. You're going to be out there busting your tail over time, <laughs> doing Uber Eats and DoorDash and Instacart, whatever it takes. I'm you going need to, to have you're to. climbing out of this thing, and uh, I think you're you're not scared of work, which is great. And uh, we got to start with the smallest debt here, which it sounds like is this bedroom set. Yeah, I would, yeah. I think you just pay it off, and pay if they it. ever pay you any more for it, great. 
you but can apply don't, that. To don't the next expect one. it. Just but don't wait be done around. With it. Yeah, be be done with it. Okay. Even if it's um, zero interest, I should pay that Especially one off. Especially if it's zero interest, all of it. Okay. We're done with payments. Okay. We're done with debt. You make too much. You're too successful, and you're too smart to ever do this stuff again. Regardless okay. of the interest rate. Does that track, Gabriella? Okay. Are you with us on this? Yes. We yes, we are Team Gabriella, and so okay. we want you Thank to win. You. And that's going to mean you have, you know, if you count up all your debt and if you want to get out of the lease, you can look at the early buyout amount and uh, see if that's going to be worth it for you to do now. Uh, otherwise, you turn the car in and then you need to go get another car. But don't just get yeah. another lease. Okay. It's the most expensive way to get a vehicle and dealerships love it because they make the most money off of these leases. Okay, so no more leasing. No more leasing. Buy your next car with cash, which is going to oh, be when, tough. When is the lease up? Um, in about two more years. Okay. Yeah, I would look at the early buyout. I would just kind of do some research in that. But then in the meantime, okay. between now and two years, be saving some cash, um, knowing that you're going to have to replace this car. But I would take, yeah, this ten grand, Gabriella. I would pay off the, um, yep, the bedroom set. Uh, and then the be looking at the 18 that you'll probably have to take a loan out for uh, for the remainder of that RV after you sell it. Okay, so I shouldn't give it back to the bank and then let them sell it and then me pay the difference? You're saying to have the RV repossessed? Yes. I wouldn't do no, that. No, I wouldn't do that because I would go on your credit. I would, yeah, I would, I would just find the private sale, um, okay. list it, sell it yourself, get as much as you can for it, obviously, and then, yeah, you'll have to have, have a loan for the difference and then you'll be working your way out of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wish we had better news. The good news is you make great money. You make six figures. We've seen bigger, scarier numbers than this. Yeah. But it's the hurt and shame and guilt and baggage and, oh, my gosh, I'm so stupid. you got to just pick yourself up and go, listen, that doesn't define me. Yeah. I'm going to make different decisions And Gabriella, is it just you? Are you single kids? Yes, it, it's just okay. me and my two girls. Okay, so you do have two girls. Okay, how old are yes. they? I have a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. Okay, so sweet. That's so great. Okay, so what you're probably going to be doing, I mean, where you can work extra, and even if it's, you know, at night online or something, like if there's like something that you can do to find that extra money, but with this 133, I mean, I would act like, I would I would tighten everything up, and I mean, give yourself a goal to say, I'm going to act like I make 70000 a year or whatever okay. it is, and then... Find that difference to, to have an endpoint to say, okay, I could be completely debt free, be done with all of this, and start fresh, not owing anyone anything, and and start this whole process. I'm like that that you could do this in, in 18 months, Gabriella. I mean, if you really focused and did this, um, the car lease, you know, kind of hangs in the balance of what you decide there. But being able to have no payments and this income going to you and your girls and you guys keeping all of it, that's the goal we want for you. Have you been okay. through Financial Peace sense. University? No. Okay. So if you hold on the line, Scholar's going to pick up and we're going to gift that to you as, as well as Every Dollar Premium, which is our budgeting app. And so okay. what I want you to do, Gabrielle, is, wa is watch these lessons, even binge them. Uh, there's going to be seven lessons and I want you to go through and, and watch all of this and really get a game plan to say, okay, here is how I take control of my money. And what that's going to teach you is everything from budgeting to getting out of debt to saving up for an emergency funds. 
uh, to investing to your kid's college. I mean, it kind of runs the gamut of everything and it's all packaged in there. And so to be able to walk through that and apply the stuff, Gabrielle, because what you've already witnessed and experienced is that money, it's personal finance, it's 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. You're going to watch these videos and be like, I knew that. I knew I shouldn't probably co-sign some furniture for a family member. I know that I probably, okay, now, okay. You know, you're going to get all that, but actually changing the behavior and doing it is going to be the key to you winning. And I believe in you. I know you can do this, Gabriella. We're, we're cheering you on. So hold on the line. Skylar will pick up. That's the theme of this hour. Don't spend money you don't have, especially with people you're not married to. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Rachel Cruz, all the folks in the booth, and you, America. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back before you know it. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, joined by best-selling author and all-around great person, Rachel Cruz. And we are here for you, America, answering your questions about money, in life and all of the predicaments and challenges and maybe some wins that you're facing. 888-825-5225 is the number to call to join the conversation. Olivia kicks us off in Buffalo, New York. Olivia, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a huge fan of The Ramsey Show, especially Dave. He's awesome. We agree. (laughs) Yeah, love him. Um, Um, So my question for you all today is, My sister took advantage of our sick mom, skipped town, and stole my inheritance. What should I do? Oh, my gosh, Olivia. What do you mean took advantage of your sick mom? Took advantage. Well, um, okay. She uh, took over the family business, even though it wasn't left to her. Uh, She convinced my mom to become the power of attorney and healthcare proxy, and transferred all money to her own account. Oh, wow. Wow. What, what kind sold, of... She also sold my mom's house and moved my mom into the family business. Into oh. the business? Into the, like, the office? Yes. Okay. What, what kind of sickness does your mom have? She had cancer. She died three months ago. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, Olivia. Do you have any other siblings? No, I'm the eldest. I'm 40 years old. My sister is approximately 37 years old. She lived with both of my parents who passed from cancer. And um, she has skipped town and has not buried my mom. Where is your mom? Uh, she, she, sorry, my sister has her ashes. Oh, okay. She's cremated. Oh my gosh. Oh. Did you and your sister have a relationship before all of this? We did. It was, I thought it was a lovely relationship. Um, and then things started getting weird when my father passed away five years ago. And then my mom got cancer and I believe she felt entitled as the power of attorney to all money, all estates inheritance and she's gone she changed her number she left town so from a legal standpoint did your mom have and your dad you know any documentation legally like in a will of what your inheritance is and then she went and changed it as power of attorney or is there a will out there that you are you are owed essentially your inheritance 
There is a will that my mom wrote. I have never seen it. My sister attempted to change the will one month prior to death, but they never got it signed. So there is a handwritten will. I'm not sure if it was done with a lawyer, but um, I've never seen the will. Okay. And you have no point of contacts for anyone that might have information on this? I've tried to reach out to the lawyers and they said, Catherine, or, I'm sorry, Olivia, <laughs> um, it was never signed, therefore it's not valid. The will, yeah. I and mean, they have no version that is signed. Correct. Oh man, Olivia. Oof. So, and what, what's so ha- the question? The question would be, do I keep my own peace and sanity and money and move forward with my life, or do I try to um, uh, fight it? Essentially, yeah. I mean, the it. only the only issue with all of that, because I don't mind the fighting injustice. I mean, there's a there. You know, we're, we're not scared of that, but the, I don't know if you have any legal documents that will uphold in court to yeah. to fight your side. Like, I don't know if there's any legal documentation to show your side, because from a legal perspective, you know, you could be lying as much as she is. Right. I'm not saying you are, Olivia, but like right. there's no um, there's no proof otherwise. We need some kind of paper trail. There needs to be like some some level of documentation to in order to when you hire lawyers for them to fight this in the court system. Yeah. And I just don't know if you, if you have that. Have you contacted yeah. a lawyer? Yes, I have. What did they say? That was a lawyer. He said that it may not be worth it because number one, uh, there may not be any money left over. That's true. Yeah. And right. So it may cost what five kind? to $10,000 for a lawyer, and I may not get anything after all. Yeah. How much was the estate worth? Like, how much did your parents have? Do you do you have any idea? Well, uh, the house was sold for $344,000. Uh, there were many liens against the house, okay. and I was uh, my sister has all of that money. Okay. So there were some liens. Was that all of your inheritance, or was there other money that was supposed to be given to you? Um. That was probably all of my inheritance. Okay, so it wasn't retirement accounts, other assets, cash, things like that? No, there was the family business, but that's another topic. Um, I believe just the money from the house would be part of my inheritance. Yeah, I mean, that would be 120 for you if you just 50-50, and then... We don't know all these liens against it. I was going to say, the liens against it, too, would be be diminished, too. So I'm like, I don't know that there would be much here for you based on how complicated this whole thing is and was. I agree. Oh, Olivia. So, well, what's so hard is I'm like, you've lost your mom. There hasn't, there's a feeling of no dad, closure. Yeah. And your, your sister, parents lost your in sister in yeah. this. The, there's oh, no closure. Yeah. There's, I mean, the, the whole, the whole way it went down for you, Olivia, is just, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had better guidance or direction for you to, to get some justice in this. But I, do you have any money right now? <sighs> yes. How I, much? Oh, myself? Yeah. Oh, yes, I work. I, I make uh, 70000 a year. I, I'm a surgical nurse. Um, I, I'm married. I have a dog. Um, we're doing we're doing just fine. I, I just, yeah. uh, this situation is a strange one. Um, it's very sad. And, and you're in fact right. I lost mom, dad, and a sister. Yep. Yep. But, um, and I even the closure is, with your mom and... Mm-hmm her ash you know what i mean like like that would probably be the the step i would take of trying to get contact with your sister but you Just, have no yeah. way to even know where she is how to get in touch with her she is off the planet at this point 
Correct. Yes. Uh, She had three cell phones. She changed the last number and has not responded via email. We did have a lovely funeral for my mom in church. She Mm -hmm. attended that funeral, but since then, she has taken off with the ashes and all of the money. I yeah. don't even understand that part. That just feels so strange. Well, I mean, Olivia, honestly, if I were in your position and as much as you can find the closure in it, I would. I would. I, I so sad to say you close a chapter in a book from your family, but she's crazy. I mean, she sounds crazy the way you've presented it to us. Like, yeah. she, she sounds Almost crazy. dangerous if you so, did yeah, pursue it. Yeah, that's her. right. I'm like, she stole. Like, it's, like it's, it's immoral yeah. the things she has done. And so if I were you, I would create, I mean, not that you have to even draw boundaries because there's no relationship mm-hmm. there, but I mean, I would in my heart just. There's a level you got to just say, all right, that I'm done. I can't, Oof. I'm not going to keep fighting in, in this wheel because even that with the inheritance and all of that, it just muddles the piece of what's happened with your parents, yeah. you know, at that point. And so for you, Olivia, I think it's in the healthiest move retrospect on. for you to to move on. Hang on it, the line. I'm so sorry. I'm going to send you a copy of Dr. John Deloney's book, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, to help you grieve all this. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. If you want to call us and talk about your life and your money, you can do so at 888-825-5225. Lisa's up next in Indianapolis. Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking our call. Sure. How can um, we help? I'm a, I'm a newer listener to your show, and my husband and I are wondering if it would be beneficial to pay off our mortgage early. Ooh. Well, the question is, why wouldn't you want to pay it off early? Because we don't have too many years left to pay on it. Um, We can pay it off if we want to. I just, like I said, I'm a newer listener, so I'm just intrigued about the debt-free process and wanting to know if it's a good decision or not. Yeah. How old are you guys? uh, We're 57. Okay. And how much do you have left on the mortgage? Uh, 85,000. Okay. And how much is the house worth? Um... Anywhere between seven to eight hundred, depending on what site you look at. Yeah, good for you guys. And you have money saved. We do non-retirement. Correct. Okay. He had a buyout from a job severance. Okay. How much is in? How much do you guys have saved? One forty-three. One forty-three. Okay, that's awesome. Um, and how much do you guys make a year? Uh, he makes two thirty. Okay, that's great. Any other debt? Credit cards, um, car loans? Just, no. The only thing we have, uh, we have a long-term care insurance plan that we have uh, payments on for eight more years. Okay. Okay. Good for you guys. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, Lisa, I think there is something to be said about having absolutely no payments. And when you free up a mortgage payment per month, you know, what you guys can do, whether it is spend it, invest it, put it for retirement, give it. There is such there's such freedom financially when you don't owe anyone anything. And then the flip side of it too, Lisa, that not many people talk about, it's the freedom just emotionally. I'm like, when you mm-hmm. have no payments and a pandemic hits and everyone is panicked about their jobs, you don't you don't have any bills. Like there's there's no one that you owe at that point, you know? So it's amazing how much um risk that debt is associated with that we get used to as Americans that we just carry around and just assume it's normal. Right. And when it's finally 
done and that house is completely yours there's no payments there's no bank associated with your life like there is there is something so powerful in that and that's on just the emotional side obviously not even just the financial side because i guess you guys have a good interest rate i'm assuming Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people make the argument, we'll just keep the money invested. You'll make more on a rate of return with it invested versus, you know, paying it off because it's at two and a half percent or, you know, yeah, people go down the math, the math route, which we understand. Like we, (laughs) we can do math, like we We get get it. it. But again, it's this this other piece, Lisa, that, um, that people just don't put into the formula. And that other piece is a level of risk that debt will always have associated with it. Yeah, the reality of having no payment is so much better than the potential assumption of the spread you could get if you left the money invested. And uh, Rachel and I both don't have mortgage payments and I have zero regrets. I'd never look back and go, well, if I just invested them, I could have... We're going to be fine. And yeah. so are you guys. Because the, the other side okay. of that coin too, Lisa, is you know, if you had a paid off house, would you go borrow on your house? No. Okay. So then that answers your question. Some people too. say yes, and they go build <laughs> pools and remodel their homes. So I'm proud of you guys. What's in your nest egg? How much do you have in retirement? Um, a lot. I mean, like 1.85 right now nice. in retirement, and but then we've got a couple of Roth and other investments as well. On that's so great. So well you, done, you're Lisa. worth millions of dollars. Because here's the deal, too, Lisa. If we if we're all just being honest here. You wouldn't have to, you could keep paying the mortgage payment and you're you're going to be fine, right? Like you are. But what we try to do on this show is to get you the most, the fastest right way to this idea of building wealth and leaving a legacy and all of it. And part of that plan is paying off the mortgage. So you have the money. Okay. I, I would do it. I would do it. Okay. And if you regret okay, it, I, Lisa, you can, you can, you can borrow on the house. The bank's if you happy want. to give you more monopoly money. But listen, you pay okay. it off. You still have 58,000 left over. Just from what you told us. Yeah. And yeah. making great money That's and all of I What's mean, you your mortgage are... payment? Um, we pay twenty four hundred a month. And that includes property taxes and insurance? Uh I believe so. No, because we pay our own taxes. Oh um, great. Our own property tax ourselves. Well, I want to do some fun math with you. That's uh twenty four hundred a month, you said? Correct. So I'm 12 months in a year. That's almost twenty nine grand that you could then invest, let's say, right? In the next ten years. That money could turn into four hundred sixty-two thousand dollars if you just take your mortgage payment and invest it for ten years. Okay. You could have an extra half million, and you could also give more. You could spend more. You could retire earlier, and so it just gives you more flexibility, more freedom, more options and margin. And so that's why we recommend it. And you guys have done so okay. well without well us. Well done, Lisa. So that's just one, two okay. people's opinion. Yep. All right. Well, wonderful. That's kind of kind of what I was leaning towards. But my husband's like, well, let's, let's ask him. So I said, okay. I love it. Your husband's a great man. Glad for you called. To call in. Thanks. Hope you guys do it. <laughs> All right. Angie's up next in Chicago. Angie, welcome to the show. Thank you. How can we help? So we have an opportunity to move overseas for about three to five years, um, three years for sure. And we would take about a 65% pay cut to do this. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are and whether or not you think the experience would be worth it. Uh, what's the, what's the situation? Is it a work thing? What, what What's it going is, on? Yeah, it, it is a work thing for my husband. He would take a 30% pay cut and I would not be able to work. Okay. Um, so we would go from making about 300,000 a year to just over a hundred. Okay. And we have four kids. We have one in college 
whose college is paid for already. Then we have a 15-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 5-year-old. Oh, wow. Would they come, too? They would come, yeah. Party. George, three years. You never know. You know, what if these kids are prodigies? And she's like, I'm out of here They're in boarding school. Three years. That's big. Well, what does the whole family want to do? Are they all excited about this? Yeah, what's the family feeling? Um, the, the middle two, well, the oldest one would not come because he's in college and he has one year left and he'll go do his thing. Um, he may come, you know, for visits and travel, but the middle two are not super excited about it. But I think that once they get there, they will love it. They love it. Where is it? It's in Eastern Europe and Poland. Okay. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I don't think George and I are going to be able to answer the question. Is it worth it? Um, the pay cuts, I think that's a complete yeah. yeah, I mean, some and you families can look at a budget be... and look at cost of living, and can you financially afford to go down to right, hundred thousand right. in Poland for those many years? Uh, that's a different situation. But I'm more concerned about the relational aspect, the emotional aspect. You know, do you want to do it, Angie? I do. You do. Does, do. Your, does your husband? He does. Okay. I think it would be really good for the kids. Yeah. Um, we yeah. do. We do move a lot, so they are used to moving. Okay. Um, I think it would be good for them to just just see yeah. you know how people live differently and we'd have the opportunity to travel all over Europe sure. um, for them to to see different cultures and whatnot um, yeah. and I'm not I don't think I'm too worried about financially us affording it because we don't have any bills other than a mortgage and we I think it would be wiser if we just sold our home so we didn't have to worry about paying that Agreed. and the company pays our housing while we're over there that's great what kind of job so, does he does he have uh, he works in compute on computers. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. it's one of those things. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know, with my kids, I have younger ones than you, though. They're eight, six, and four. But I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you guys are the parents, Angie. And if you both, you and your husband, are like, hey, this is a lifestyle choice we want to make as our family, like you, you ultimately get that say, right? A 12 year old doesn't get to tell the family what to do. But I would, but as George said, like, I mean, I would. Um, very much as much as you can get their buy-in but it will be sad i think that's a i mean if i was a freshman in high school leaving all my friends for the rest of high i mean there will there will be a a that's a big shift right for them so i would want to give the proper weight and understanding of that but i think at the end of the day angie if you and your husband both want to do this i mean yes one of my best friends literally you're living her dream right now this is all she wants Moving to, to do Europe. she does she's like i just want to get out of here and do something different and i so, guess if you hate it you can come back to the states and it sounds like he can make some good money yeah, going back to great, what he was doing yeah absolutely hope that answers your question angie thanks for the call this is the ramsey show Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. This is your show. Give us a call at 888-825-5225. Well, Rachel, we took a call about paying off the mortgage early, and it's a fun conversation to see what that money can turn into. Oh, yeah. Invested versus just sending a regular old mortgage, mortgage payment to the bank. Yeah. And there's so many mortgage types out there, and most of them are truly just crap, and they're meant to give more money to the banks and lenders and less money in your pocket. And so I want to take a look at an example of the 15-year mortgage, which is the one we recommend, versus the 30-year mortgage to show people exactly what the numbers look like. And not we're not going to get super nerdy. I'm not going to talk amortization schedules, Rachel, but I did want to look at this graph from our uh, blog article on the 15 verse 30. So we're going to look at a $300,000 house, which I understand you're all like, where can you find those? 
This is back in the day, kids. Let's say you did 20% down on this $300,000 house. That's $60,000. Tracking? Mm -hmm. That means you'd get a mortgage for $240,000. So let's look at that same mortgage on a 15-year and a 30-year. And the blue, if you're watching on YouTube, is the mortgage loan. The orange is the amount of interest you pay. So here's the shocking part. On a 15-year uh, fixed rate loan with an interest rate of 3.5%, the monthly payment is 1700 bucks, And the total interest you'd pay is $69,000 if you just paid every single payment perfectly for 15 years. Right, right. On the 30-year, you're going to have a higher interest rate at 4%. Now, the payment is lower, which is why most people do it. It's 1146 instead of 1716. But the total interest you pay on that 30-year, over 30 years of payments, is $172,000 that you just gave away to the lender. Yep. That is shocking. I mean, almost $100,000 more. And that's, again, I get the interest rate. People are probably like, it's at 6%. No, sure. You well, know. the numbers change the now, but yeah, it's even num- worse it's, with a 30-year at 8%. Right, right. So the math is just magnified. You're paying $350,000 on that's that right. 8% loan. So That's why we want your mortgage paid off. ASAP because yes. this interest, you guys, I mean, it does. It just, it it racks up and you see it. So you're paying over $100,000 more in interest to have the 30-year over the 15. I know people have great intentions. They say, well, George, I'll pay it off like a 15. Yeah. And I'm like, the people that really want to build wealth and they don't want to wait till they're 65, what they're doing is they pay off their 15-year mortgage in seven or 10 years. Right, right. That's the average we found with people who follow the baby steps, our, our millionaire study, 10 years is what it takes for them to pay it off. Yes. Baby steppers, seven years on average to pay off their mortgage. And so that's very encouraging to see how much money you can save. And I actually shared this in my book, Rachel. I wanted to see the numbers for myself and my wife when we paid off our home. So you ready for this? Mm-hmm. We paid off our mortgage back in 2021, and I did the math on it. We would have shelled out. if We, we paid ours off aggressively in like 26 months because we're weird. But it was on a 15-year fixed rate. If we just made payments for 15 years, we would have paid almost 50 grand in interest. Had we opted for the 30-year loan, we would have paid over $100,000 in interest. Mm. So instead, because we paid it off even earlier, we paid just nine grand in interest by being crazy. And you chose well in your home. And that's our big point, you guys. I mean, some people are like, oh my gosh. Choose a modest, affordable home. Yes, and, and, and we know the housing. We're not completely oblivious to what is going on in the world like we we understand rates are up housing prices are up and depending on your area yes a starter home could be eight hundred thousand dollars in some areas right so like this is this is a reality but the hard thing is george is a money doesn't have emotion money doesn't or math doesn't math doesn't care it is what it is and so you can't justify okay i'm gonna go and buy a house that's my payment is half of my income just so i can say i have a house because you're going to feel screwed every month. It's going to feel like, oh my gosh, we have no money because you have too much house. And so expectations on when you buy a home, what kind of home you buy, have shifted in the last three years. And people even, some drastic things, they're they're moving, states even, because they're like, we just can't afford long-term what we want our life to look like because of this. Because again, you guys, it, it's the math. And that's what we have to always go back to, regardless of how much it sucks. That's the reality. And so we want you to build wealth, get there the fastest right way. And what we found is when you do a 15-year, it forces you into a formula that makes you pay it off faster, even though you're probably going to pay it off even faster if you're doing the baby steps, which is great. But, um, you know, it's it's a hard conversation, George. And what's even difficult about, and I'd be curious, just your prediction on this with just the housing market, because in my head, when rates go down, you guys, 
the demand is suddenly going to open up. Everyone's going to freaking rush to buy a house because rates have gone down. And then that's going to drive the prices up again. So if you are in a position where you can put, you know, 5% down, 10% down, 20% down, and it's, again, we we use the 15-year here at Ramsey because we want you in a formula that's getting you out of debt we don't quicker. like any kind of debt. Yeah. We just won't yell at you if you do a 15-year fixed rate mortgage. Yeah, and it's, you know, 25% of your take-home pay. That's kind of, that's the formula we use. And you're ready to do it, do it. Because we, people thought the bottom of the market was going to crash, what, last year? That's what everyone kept saying. And it's like, it's going to crash. And it was, we were, we kept saying it's not. It's supply and demand when it comes to this stuff, you guys. And so if you are in a position to buy Having a home is a great investment. We want you to do it the right way, though. Absolutely. And uh, I understand for those that want to buy a home, it's it's painful right it now. Sucks. Let's call yeah, it. Yeah, it does. It but is, it's not it's gonna, harder but than the, it was for your parents. Yes. And the harder thing is, it's not going to get it's not going to get easier. So make a plan, get out of debt, get the emergency fund, start saving up that down payment, adjust your expectations. This doesn't have to be your dream home. Just get get in the game. And that might be a condo or a townhome, and it might be in an area further out from the city, and it might not have all of the accoutrements and the fancy kitchen yeah. island that you dreamed of, but at least you're a homeowner. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Be proud of that. And it's, it's an always interesting to me, George, especially houses, cars, these like big parts of our lifestyle. When you look back, you know, in the 70s and 80s, on average, a square foot of a house was 1,400. Now it's up to like 2,600 on average, right? The average single family home. And so our expectations on life in general, in general, have changed. If like we don't have, have the quartz countertop, we're throwing a tissy fit. What we've just, yeah, categorized as this normal way of living. When you look back, I mean, I look back on childhood pictures of like my, our home growing up and I'm like, it's brown carpet. I mean, like, it's just not aesthetically pleasing, but it's okay. And now it's like, you can't even imagine having X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like, because social media, reality TV, I mean, all this stuff we've been painted and this picture of what life should look like has been in front of us for so long, for so long that it's normal. And God forbid, you know, kids share the bathroom. Like, I mean, like, oh, you know, yeah. all of that. So, so again, it's, it doesn't make it easier, but I think we do have to have some level of grounding to say, gosh, what we expect in life, like it or not, the lifestyle creep thing, it, it is real from a generational standpoint yes. too. And you're, you used to have to wheel down uh, windows, George, in our cars. That you, was my first you car, wheel, Rachel. You would wheel down a window. And everyone was okay with that. But like, oh my gosh, could you imagine You know today? what's really embarrassing, though? People, I'll say this is the worst part about having manual windows. Whenever someone I knew pulled up next to me, and I couldn't reach over far enough to get to the passenger side window <laughs> to talk to them. Yes, because you're like, oh, So I would just like wave at them awkwardly. I know. Because I wasn't trying to pull a, you know, pull a hamstring. And think about our cell phones. Nokia? Cricket? Oh that yeah, was, that was the that was it. Simpler that was, times. It was no internet. You didn't Just have email. Play but snake now on the we're Nokia brick. so used to having all the all the information, everything we want, right there in our hands. Right. So I'm mean, like, it's to the little things of our expectations, and I'm part of it too. I'm guilty of this. So you're part of the problem. I may be part of the problem. I'm not all pointing right, fingers, me. but oh, that's good. That's a to good kind of level us level, level us out. Yes, but also don't make a terrible decision out of fear or like this FOMO or I'll never get a house so I just need to jump in now right? because you'll be the next caller calling the Ramsey show saying Rachel I think I need to sell the house because we're so broke and so stressed and we go the home should be a blessing not a burden and what happens when you do it before you're ready is it becomes a burden so uh, Rachel you talked about forecasting the 2024 housing market that's literally the YouTube video I uploaded to my (gasps) channel today stop it George 
You, we are like twin, you know, twins. Amazing. They have the twin thing. They say you could like feel like that's us. George. Et energy happening George, on the show. Today. It's like brother sister yeah. energy. We I like. So if you want that, I can't in, believe it. In eight minutes, you can go to the, my YouTube channel you and watch go. the forecast of the 2024 housing market. My I even brother did the, from another mother. I George. did the weatherman thing. We got a green screen. No, I got to be weatherman on the channel. How yeah. happy were you? It, talking about like northeasterly winds and cumulus clouds, it brought me so much joy. It's always been a dream of mine, Rachel. If this whole whole thing falls apart, I'm going to go be a meteorologist. I'll be, traffic. I'll be traffic. Guys. You can be weather. This, this is, is not, a good team. And then team. Ken can be uh, politics commentary. <laughs> okay. Maybe not. Yeah. This, was, this has been fun. <laughs> Thanks for being the dream killer, Rachel. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen up. Trying to reach your money goals without a rock-solid budget is like trying to climb Mount Everest in ice skates. It isn't going to work. That's why we built the Every Dollar app to help you win with money. It's the simplest, most straightforward way to track your spending and give every dollar a job. That way, you can stop letting your money push you around and start reaching those money goals. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. If you're enjoying this show, do me a quick favor. The show is free. What I'm going to ask you to do is free. It'll just take you a second. Hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching or hit the follow button. Leave us a review and make it kind. We like those the best. And then share it with a friend. That's one of the best ways we can spread our message of hope is by you telling another friend, hey, add this to your podcast repertoire. Watch this video on YouTube. I enjoyed it. I think you will too. And that's, you are the best marketing we have. So thank you all so much for continuing to do that. All right. Becca is up next in Orlando. Becca, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's going on? I'm just checking in. Um, well, last week, my husband's um, bank account was garnished and um, we found you guys in the Ramsey show after trying to figure out what to do. And we're just wondering if bankruptcy is our only option or how to proceed. Oof. Oh, gosh, Becca. What's the situation? What's going on? Um, well, it was about eight years ago that he had a car repossessed, and that was before we were together, and he didn't realize that there was further action that needed to be taken at that time. Um, so then last week, uh, his we had well, we just were married a year ago, and we finally merged our bank accounts and everything over. So thankfully, the account that is garnished didn't have anything in it because we combined everything on my side. So they try to drain um, an empty bank account. Correct. So we can still pay our bills because they didn't garnish um, our shared account through a different bank. Um, but we don't have enough in savings to um, pay for the amount that we believe is owed. Okay. How much is owed? Um, $9,000. $9,000. Okay. Uh, how much do you guys make? How much do you guys make a year? About eighty nine. Okay. Why do you feel like you would be bankrupt? I'm just curious why that was part of your question. Um, well, he reached out to, I think, four different lawyers, um, and they all said that that was our best option and really didn't give us any other option. Um, neither of us even knew what garnishment was, so we're trying to soak up as much information, and that's why we found you guys. And we're like, let's just listen to as many shows as we can um, to see if we can find the answer. But um, we don't really know what our other option would be. Um, the, the lawyers seem to think that since we were already garnished, that there's no way to 
um, make like a payment plan or or anything like that. Have you contacted this creditor who's garnishing the bank account? Uh, yes, he did. Okay, what did they say? Um, it sounds like they just wanted the full amount due. Um, sadly, I wasn't on the phone call, but um, my husband can't be here today. So um, it sounds like there's a way so, out. You pay the 9000 you get it in writing that this is paid in full mm-hmm. and this debt is cleared. Right. If we don't have, we only have $6,000 um, right now. Uh, would we need to pay it all at once? That's a question for them. If they're willing to settle for six and yeah, say, hey, this, was a this is all the money we have. That happened a decade ago, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So they're happy to get any money at this point. Yeah, for sure, Becca. Yeah. Bankruptcy, this is, that is, that shouldn't even, you don't even need to say that anymore. You guys are far. I'm shocked far, that these lawyers told you to I bankrupt over I'm three like, grand. This is so stupid. No, I'm like, you could sell four TVs and a couch and get, get that money if you needed it, right? I'm like, that, no, you're not going to be bankrupt over three grand. Is there something else going on that we don't know about? Like, are there other debts and things that you haven't mentioned? Um, I mean, we have, like, the regular stuff, a mortgage and, um, like, 1800 in credit card debt. And my husband's current car that he owns, he has payments left on that. What's left um, on the car loan? On the car loan, uh, the, it's the same amount in the 9000 And then we just bought um, a small condo. Um, right after we got married, so we have the whole mortgage basically left on that. And how much is that for? Uh, two oh seven. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I were you guys, I mean, I would contact the creditor that has this. And again, it's a ten-year-old credit. I mean, like it, it, meaning it's been passed by creditor after creditor, and it's been sold, and it's here and there. I mean, it's been on a journey for ten years. Um, so I, if I were you, I would call and say, I have six grand. I'll send you today. And if not, I can get you the other three in the next 30 days or whatever it is. But um, I would not give them any more access to any accounts. Okay. That is like number one because they will. They'll come in and garnish. They'll do exactly what they did. Um, but thankfully, that was from an old is account. There a way to, right. Is there a way to prevent that? That's what we were. I think we were worried about communicating with them more because. Yeah, you just don't give it to them. No, I would. No, they don't need any access to any of your personal stuff. No. So I would, okay. I just would okay. not, I just wouldn't give it to them and they don't need it. So Becca, like this, this type of situation, just so you can picture it. And this isn't to down, mm-hmm. not to downplay these people, but this is some guy mm-hmm. in a cubicle who's been on the job for 90 days and gets a, gets a sheet of paper with credits that have, again, these, these old debts that have been sold from one company to the other to the other. I'm like, this, this is, these are not, they sound like scary people. They're not scary people. Okay. You, you mm-hmm. can, you can do this. Okay. So just don't, don't give <laughs> over and be like, oh my gosh, you're right. If we're talking about the IRS or something, that's a different story. Right. But in this situation, I just, I would not be, I would not be concerned, Becca, because you guys work hard, you make good money, uh, you can get this cleaned up really quickly. And if they would settle for six grand, that's the only option they have. So that's what I would tell them. The only thing I can give you right now is six grand. That's all I have. I can do a payment plan over the next 60 days to get you the other three grand, but I don't have Mm -hmm. any more money. This is all I have. Will you settle? And if they say yes, just like George said, get it in writing, have them email you, get the name of the person you're talking to, get the number, get the extension, get all the- Record the the calls, do everything. Do everything you can to have proof that it has been settled, if they will- and if they won't, mm-hmm. then just, yeah, set up a plan for the next 60 days. And then, Becca, if I were you and your husband, in general, regardless of this, 
Um, mm-hmm. I would get, I would, I would work extra. I would do a budget. I'd cut everything. I'd get this credit card paid off, get your car loan paid off. And you guys will be in a really great position. I mean, you have a great condo. It's worth 200 grand, which is very reasonable for what you guys make. And um, you guys could be on your way to something great, but you got to just change the way you have been looking at money. And that's one of the biggest hurdles with this. So if you stay on the line, Skylar will pick up and I want to give you guys Financial Peace University and Every Dollar Premium, which is our budgeting app, um, just to get you guys some of this like basic knowledge since you're new to the show, because um, we found over three decades, Becca, the the best way to to li- go through life with your money, and this will be the plan. It's called the baby steps. So I'm I'm excited mm-hmm. for you guys to engage this. But yeah, do not um, at all feel like you are bankrupt, that you are hopeless. This is the, one of the easiest solutions today, yeah. George. <laughs> I feel very hopeful I appreciate about it this. So much. Absolutely, <laughs> Thank thanks you. for That's calling, Becca. Relieving. And have your appreciate husband watch it. this call to give him some hope. I. I think what happens, Rachel, is people get they get spooked. There's these collectors calling them, and they're oh, telling yeah. them, well, and then the lawyers are telling, them, "Well, you just got to go bankrupt." And, and when you look at the facts on paper, you're like, "We make ninety thousand dollars a year. We're bringing home six thousand dollars a month. Can we come up with three thousand dollars if we really tried?" Yes. Yeah. And so most through people an extra that call side the show, hustle, fifteen hundred to two grand. Yeah. In just a side hustle, if you had to pick up Uber at night or selling delivery. crap around the house, you can make a thousand bucks in a month. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So it, there's a lot of hope here, but a lot of people call the show and their first thing is, "Well, I got to file bankruptcy," and it's those people usually. I'm like, oh, "You're fine." Yep. And so that's what we do here. We want to give you guys hope, but also mm-hmm. the reality that you can get out of this. But you know, it's like going to the dentist. You're like, "My tooth hurts." Of course, he's going to want to fill the cavity and, and you know make a little bit of money. And that's what happens when you go to these some of these lawyers that are. You know, there's some great apples out there, but there's sure. some bad ones who go, I'm absolutely, I'll help you file bankruptcy. I'm just Which shocked. also, by the way, costs thousands of dollars out of your pocket to file bankruptcy. To do it, yeah. Yeah. It's not free. Lawyers want to get paid. Yeah. Oof. And the, the garnishing, I mean, and that would spook you too, right? If if you realize, oh my gosh, this creditor has access to a bank account, which thank God it didn't have any money in it. But yeah, that's so violent. Like, you know what I mean? That makes you feel like they are, they're, and that's a scary your, thing. Yeah. Personal privacy. There. It is. It's weird. Oh, oh gosh. Well, I'm glad you called, Becca. I hope yeah. that gave you some some peace and a plan that you guys, yep, you're going to be able to do this. We're excited for you. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Thanks to my co-host, Rachel Cruz, to Skylar, to Will, to James, Andrew, Zach. They made it happen this hour. The, the world doubted them, but they... they They came through for you guys, keeping the show on the air. And we thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll be back before you know it. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz, host of The Rachel Cruz Show and co-host of mine on Smart Money Happy Hour. This is your show, America. Give us a call at 888-825-825. 5225. We'll talk about your life and your money. Chad is up first in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Chad, what's going on? Hey, George and Rachel. Good to talk to you. I'm uh, liking the show. It's a great show. Wonderful show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And so I'm kind of a first time, I would say not first time listener, but just started kind of following the Ramsey way here and just caught bits and pieces of some of your shows. And I really wish I would have found this, these resources years and years ago, but I've always been pretty good with money. But um, now we're kind of in a predicament. My wife and I were expecting our sixth child Whoa. actually coming wow. on Monday. Wow, Chad, <laughs> you can give uh, 
Give George some uh, I'm exhausted by advice. the one, man. <laughs> you guys are troopers. You get like a Nobel Peace Prize, I think, at that point. Hey, yeah, exactly. We do our do our best. It's a crazy house, but we really enjoy it. That's awesome. And we're blessed. The bigger family, the better, they say. So oh, I love it that. Is, it's fun. Great. So What's your predicament you? here? Um, so, yeah. Um, so my wife is a in-home daycare provider, and with the baby coming, she's going to be out of work or, you know, taking a step back from work. Um, which is fine. Um, we have funds in place to kind of prepare for that, but we are going to be tapping into our emergency funds and um, our bank account, even before this fluctuated a lot, sometimes $2,000 down a month, sometimes up a thousand. So I think a big issue that I'm finding out is we really need to be on a budget, obviously, and figure out where this money is going. We tried a budget a few times and we've always fallen off the horse. Um, we get triggered by it. It's hard to track every dollar and be nitpicky with each other, and it just triggers our stress. And, um, you know, and that affects marital relationship if you're always on each other's case. So, <laughs> or I'm the one in charge of the money mainly, so it's it's kind of hard that way. But You end up being the, the bad guy in a sense, looking at all the details and saying, yes. we can't yep. spend X, Y, and Z. You become the no the no spouse almost. Right. Wow. So but you, she's been good lately, and I she's on track now, on board now, I should say. And yeah, she's uh, a yeah, she's wonderful much, woman. I'm glad to have her. Yeah. How much? How much you guys make a year? Um, pretty much solely on my income, eighty plus. She makes fifteen hundred a month. So I, okay. I could just tell you my net take home sure. per month. If that, that's yeah, that's good. great. Um, that'll be your new income once she's not. Working. Correct. Okay. Yep. And that's 3800 a month net. Okay. okay. And what are your expenses? Our expenses is, are around 2300 a month. Okay. That's not counting groceries and miscellaneous. Oh, okay. And okay. Bills, bills, expenses. Is that, does that include debts? That 2300 are there payments within that? We have no debt. No debt. Other okay. Than house loan. Yep. Okay. So that includes your mortgage, that 2300 and utilities and all of that correct correct yep. okay um and then yeah and then you have 1500 left but that doesn't include food and miscellaneous stuff like you were I saying imagine with six kids plus you guys that's a lot of food yeah it's, that's probably uh, the hardest part of your whole budget is trying to nail that down exactly yep i budgeted like 685 for it and uh yeah we're right around there yeah i'm sure more. totally that sounds totally. very reasonable yeah, I mean, I think it's yeah. one of those things, Chad. I think y'all will be in a season, um, especially with her not working. Yeah, that you're you're going to probably feel a level of a pinch. But it, what a weird thing with a budget and the way we always try to frame it. And as you kind of start to live on it and it becomes part of your rhythm is that it actually gives you more peace because you right. actually have control over it. So even if it's, you know, $600 left over after food for miscellaneous to be able to really say, okay, for this month, where can the 600 go? And you guys both together, like you were saying, agree on it, know where it's going. And then the next month, right? Like maybe there's no clothes. We don't buy clothes for this coming month. But next right. next month, yeah, let's put, let's put 150 towards some clothes and we're not going to do something else that we did in February, but we'll do in March, right? So you kind of just month to month gauge that. And then, obviously, I mean, there, there's no debt, which is which is awesome. And you guys have an emergency fund. So if something does come up with the baby or something that you need the money, it's there. Because how much how much is in that? 
We had the $1,000 emergency fund plus um, we had about four to five months worth of um, step three of the expenses. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's great. So, yeah, I would do everything in my power, which is really hard with six kids. So I know this is much easier said than done on the side of the call. Um, Just to try not to tap into that that emergency funds if you need it it's there right that's that's to help relieve uh if something does come up and you need cash instead of going into debt for it you obviously have that cash to use um but if you can start to practice both of you guys together to run this household on and it is a tight budget like that, that that is what it is but there is something about having the power and saying, okay, this is where we know it's going and not feeling like, gosh, I feel like we're just running and we're not getting anywhere. At least you have numbers on paper that show you, yeah, you are you are getting somewhere. And and you guys are, you know, you're doing a great job. You really are. How have you been budgeting you. currently, Chad? Uh, we have not been. <laughs> okay. So this I is just kind our, of napkin math. My- you know your income and you know roughly what your bills add up to. Yep. And... Exactly. And I look at bank accounts, add it up, track it monthly, see our see where we're going, up, down, up, down. Yeah, that's down. a lot of that's a lot of brain calories and stress. So here's what I'll do. I'll yeah. gift you every dollar premium and that's gonna help your wife. She can log in on her phone, you can be logged on your phone to the same account. You guys both have accountability and transparency and bring her into it, not in a negative way, but hey, help me adjust this. Let's include a little bit of fun money for her so she doesn't see this budget as this negative thing holding her back, adding stress to her life. Instead, it's, oh, look, we have this much left to spend on food for the week. Let's meal plan together and let's figure out how we're going to do this. And so you not just being in charge of the finances, but bringing her into it and her getting a vote and both of you having that accountability. Yeah, and I mean, Chad, in a perfect world, you know, what's great about Every Dollar Premium is it attaches to your bank account. So your transactions, Mm -hmm. when you swipe your debit card, come in. So if you guys shop at Costco a Costco transaction will hit every dollar budget and you drag it up to the groceries or the Costco line item, however you guys do it. And, you know, a good rhythm to keep this, to keep the money. I don't know. I feel like some couples, it's a very like formal way of dealing with money and they sit down every month. Winston and I, we text, I mean, it's probably every other day about something going on of like, oh, hey, there was this transaction. What Venmo is this? What's going on here? Okay, there's that. Uh, we didn't have, we had less in this category. Should we, we're going to move it down. Like we just kind of, it's a, it's kind of this ongoing conversation because money is a reflection of our life. Right. And so um, you're going to see that it just becomes a rhythm for you guys. And it's a good goal to hit. It's one of those things that you map out for the month and you say, okay, this is our goal to hit. And it's, it may take on, um, you know, some new habits and it may take a little while to get some of those habits in place but i i really you guys sound so grounded and just i don't know i have a lot a lot of faith in you guys chad so hold on the line scholar will pick up uh our, for our baby gift to you and your wife every dollar and i'll throw in my new kids book i'm glad for what i have for the baby for that's the, really cute for all the kids too but Hey folks, our brand new event, Dave Ramsey's Investing Essentials, is almost here. Do not miss this chance to get the tools you need to build your investing plan and prepare for your dream retirement with confidence. It's happening May 21st and 22nd, and it's virtual, so you can tune in from anywhere. You can even submit your questions to get real answers in real time. Tickets are $199. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com events. 
Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz this hour. The number to call is 888-825-5225. Rachel, I wanted to spring this on you. I've got an article Ooh. here from okay. Yahoo. Here's the headline. Okay. Prepare your heart. My Ready. family of four can no longer live comfortably on $230,000 a year. How much? Here's how much the American dream really costs. I wanted um, to get your take on this. You ready for it? Man, yes. Former Goldman Sachs analyst says his family of four need to earn more than 230k per year in order to live comfortably in the Bay Area. Okay, so, well, Bay Area. We'll we'll asterisk. That's one of the most expensive places to live in America. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> Sam Dojan, now 46. This he hit headlines in 2012. He retired at 34. You know the fire movement, all of that. He had a three million dollar net worth. Oh wow. Okay. Well, since that time. He's a father of two. He's been living off of passive income from stocks, bonds, and real estate. Okay. Sounds good, right? The financial guru now says his investments will generate just 230000 before tax, while his annual expenses are projected to top 288000 in oh, 2024. Oh, my gosh. So he says to net that sum of money, he needs to earn $420,000 before taxes in order to make <laughs> his life work. So he says he's declaring, he's not asking for sympathy or empathy. He's admitting they have an upper middle class lifestyle with his wife and two kids. Yeah, yeah, I, I would think so. I and he says so. There, there's areas to cut, but overall it's a realistic and comfortable lifestyle. The annual budget includes, Rachel, over $80,000 for private school tuition. Sure. And 24000 for health care costs. He also estimates food expenses will top $26,000 this year. And his housing 26, expenses. 26000 Yeah. And then housing expenses, which it's includes 2, property taxes, maintenance, insurances, are estimated at a whopping $68,000. So because he says, my wife and I don't have normal day jobs, we have to pay for unsubsidized health care, which costs $2,300 a month in premiums. Which would be fair, right? Like if you have to do... You don't have it through your employer. It's yeah, not subsidized. It's, it's expensive. It's crazy expensive. So, um, you know, he, he just goes on to say the budget breakdown uh, is sure to alarm Americans who are struggling to cope with soaring costs of utilities, rent, groceries. It's a struggle to raise a family in an expensive city, save for retirement, figure out how to spend a lot of time with your kids before they leave for college and enjoy life in general. That, that was kind of his last quote there. So do you feel for this guy? I had a feeling that you would be our, you know, what? A, someone with some empathy and sympathy for this situation, while most Americans would be like, wow, wow, you live in the Bay Area making oh, yeah. 200 oh. plus thousand dollars. Oh, I'm like, a family making 90 right now is pissed at him. Exactly. They're just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So here's the deal. What they've considered normal is this lifestyle, right? That that it is normal to... I mean, they're 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 almost twenty one hundred a month on food, which means you are out to eat at great restaurants. Oh, they're eating good. They're eating good. Have you right? been to Erwan? No. It's this. It makes Whole Foods look cheap. <gasps> it's it's in California. Okay, so yeah, it's frightening. Yeah, so I'm like, the the problem with that is it is uh, everything is just. I was gonna say inflated, <laughs> inflation, inflated, um, in what the norm is for them, right? It's just here. It's here. And if that's the life they want to live, we're not mad at that. But don't say that the average family has to live that because there's people that are living a sacrificial lifestyle right now to better their families that are significantly, their norm is down here. So the complaining at somebody that's living up here is what is what bugs me. Yeah. Well, in this idea that you have to, well, I want to live in the Bay Area. I should get to live wherever I want to live. 
Well, that comes at a cost. Yeah, and it's we're math. seeing some of the costs here. And by the way, you chose. I know you want to put your kids in private school, but it's a choice. Yes, to put your kids in private school, that choice comes with a cost. In his example, eighty thousand dollars for year. two kids. For two kids, so it's for, as a forty thousand dollars school. You know, which again, private schools, even here in Nashville, you know, yep, can can get up. And there, then but. I don't want to work a traditional nine to five working for the man. He works for himself. Great. That also comes with a cost. You healthcare. have to pay for unsubsidized health care, which we could get in a whole tangent about how that sure. whole system's messed up. Sure, sure. But I don't feel, I want to feel because bad, Because it's choices that you're making. That, yes. That's it. That you can make different choices and have a different outcome. And that can be Absolutely. choices from where you shop for your groceries to your job, right? Or to where you're living. So, I mean, that those are choices you're making, and this is the outcome that you're getting. So to get a different outcome, you have to make different choices. Yeah. And if I'm going to live in a super, these are ultra high cost of living areas. Yes. And so, yeah, you it's need like to being make- in Miami. You got to make half a million dollars a year in order to be comfortable. New York, Manhattan, you know, like, yeah. So so the fi- that is one thing with the fire movement that we always kind of push back against. He thought this $3 million would float would be him. fine, yes. He's realizing it's not enough to cover my expenses. And that's that's the fear and this idea of like, I'm going to live on nothing and invest everything, which in a sense, you're like, okay, there's some like great principles in a, that idea of living. of Living on less than you make. Yeah, of, of we're not going to give in to instant gratification. We're going to delay everything, live on nothing, and we're going to be okay so that I can not work and live off these investments. But the prediction of what you're actually going to want to, how you're going to want to live is going to probably up. That's what I've always said to myself. I'm like 65-year-old Rachel is going to be way bougier than 35-year-old Rachel. So I'm like, you're, it is. You're, you're going to upgrade your life as life goes on. And so that's the fire movement caution I always have. And there's some lifestyle creep here too as well, we can admit. You know, he yes. said we're living an upper middle class life. We live comfortably. We do all the things that we want to do. There's not a lot of sacrifice happening with this. And, uh, you know, he did well. He's still young and yeah. multimillionaire, so they right, right. can't complain too much compared to the average American. But uh, I'm, I'm not going to vote for sympathy on this one, Rachel. You yeah. Can go oh, no, I can't either. Okay. Thank you for that. I can't. All right. Back to reality. Michelle is in Sandpoint, Idaho. Michelle, what's going on? Hey, George and Rachel. My family got turned on to the Ramsey program about three months ago, and so that meant we're all working um, through the debt snowball right now. And we don't have very many forms. Of hey, Michelle, speak directly in your phone for me. You're breaking up. Okay. Um, is that any clearer, George? Eh, it's still it's still a little rocky. We may get you on hold to get your phone clear if we can't clean it up. But I, all I heard was you guys are in. You're trying to pay off debt in baby step two. Yes, we're in baby step two. Okay. And we don't have anything except car insurance right now in our monthly budget. Okay. And so I've been looking over getting quotes for the different ones, and I'm just not sure. You know. Basically, we have where in our monthly budget, 42% of our is the ratio of our income, our 9000 a month household between the four of us, um, and that's going to paying our debts in baby step two. Okay. And so your question and is what, what other insurance you need? Which one to budget for first? Because I know that if 
we took all our extra that's on the snowball right now and used it for insurance that until we get our shovel bigger in the next couple months, we wouldn't be making any traction. And uh, I'm not going to currently don't think I can sell that pitch. Well, um, insurance is not a baby is step. Insurance is a, these are non-negotiable. It's almost under your utilities yeah. is kind of what you could say. And the problem right now is if you forego insurance, it could derail you financially in the biggest way. It could cause bankruptcy. If you don't have health insurance and you get some medical bills, it can be game over. Who if you all- don't have homeowner's insurance and renter's insurance and something happens, it's game over. Yeah. So, so yeah, insurance is, it's, it's above your debt in that sense. It's a, it's a necessary expense that we all, that you will pay. So you'll, so anything after insurance and utilities and mortgage or rent, food, all of that, whatever is left there, then take that amount for your debt snowball. And uh, we just got access, thankfully, one of our family works for Costco to Smart Dollar. And so I know that the Financial Peace University lessons are in there. Is that right? Yes. Go watch the insurance lesson for sure. But here's the here's the ones you definitely need. Auto, you have that. You need health insurance. You need term life insurance. And you need homeowners or renters insurance. That's the bare bones. And we'll walk you through the rest of those in Financial Peace University. Thanks so much for the call. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen, your grad just spent roughly 4,320 hours in class, and we're guessing that nobody taught them how to win with money. But you can still set them up to win with gifts like the Total Money Makeover, Breaking Free from Broke, or Ken Coleman's Find the Work You're Wired to Do, which includes the Get Clear Career Assessment. And listen, these gifts could change the trajectory of their lives. And if it helps them earn, spend, save, or invest money the right way, you'll find it at RamseySolutions.com store. That's RamseySolutions.com store. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, joined by Rachel Cruz. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Evan is in Toledo up next. Evan, how are you doing? Doing well, George. How about yourself? We're doing great. How can we help today? Yeah, first, I wanted to say, glad to finally talk to you. You've been all over my TikTok. Love your messaging. Yes. The algorithm knows what Evan you needs. Just yeah, the made, algorithm is working, man. Made Thank you for calling. Day, Evan. Thank you, you for calling instead of yeah. DMing, being like, yeah, hey, bro, I need financial advice. I'm like, call the show, guys. Thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course. So my question is, um, I'm putting way too much money into my beater car. Um, should I use my emergency fund to purchase a new one? Mm, walk us through what way too much money is. So how much is the car worth and how much are you putting into it? Yeah, so um, the car is worth, the Kelly Blue Book is between four and six. Um, it's a 2010 Honda Accord. I purchased it 20 months ago um, for $9,700. And I have unfortunately put over the course of those 20 months, uh, $12,624.67, uh, but who's counting? Goodness oh, gracious. No, what, what did it need? Were there major issues that you didn't catch in the inspection or what? So that's part of the problem, too. Um, I, I rushed myself into purchasing this vehicle. Um, did not do proper due diligence. Um, I, I did the Carfax, sent it to a few people that know things about cars, um, but went up there you know, drove two hours, went with my brother who him and I combined know zero about vehicles. Um, and 
I mean, I drove it. It didn't, I mean, I knew there was going to be some work, but I figured it's a Honda. It's only got 106,000 miles on it. Sure. At the time, you know, when I was purchasing it, I'll be able to do a little bit of work and then ride this thing until, uh, you know, the wheels fall off. And um, right off the rip, the, tur- the tune-up with a bunch of stuff, um, the radiator went out. Um, the first expense I had was $2,500. I forget what all went into that. I don't have the best spreadsheet in front of me um, in terms of what work was done, but it felt like it got to a certain point where I was putting enough in. I'm like, okay, I can just ride this thing out. But it seems like every two or three months, something happens. I mean, last February was the starter. Um, I just had my crank sensor go out during the cold um, last week. And my fear is with my, all my side hustles require me to drive. Yeah. Um, you need more of a reliable vehicle. And I think you've driven it right. Evan, to the ground. I mean, like the, the idea that you drive it to the wheels fall off. I mean, it's gotten to that point. Basically, well, the wheel literally did fall okay. off. I had my ball okay. joint fail. Um, luckily, I was in an Aldi parking lot and not, um, you know, and not going at a high speed on the highway. I guess, you know, for other people to learn and even myself, I just don't want anyone else to feel the way I have emotionally. You know, driving a $22,000 2010 Honda Accord isn't, I mean, it, I mean, I own it. You know, I don't owe anybody money on it. It feels great being able to say that. But, you know, at some point, I feel like I've got a, cut things loose right how much money do you have right now um i have in liquid cash uh twenty two thousand dollars great for you any debt no debt way to go man yes i would for sure get a new car so let's say you can you sell it private party for six to get top dollar the guy that um has been working on it for me i'm sure we could maybe find somebody My, my I try to be a little more conservative. I could probably get four cash for it easy. Well, is everything fixed on it now, or does it still need more work? The check engine light is on, but that's the story of a lot of people, I'm sure. And I think it's just the aftermarket um, oxygen sensor, the um, I could, the catalytic converter. That's okay. the only thing, the reason that's, that's flashing. So it's got brand new tires, you know, a lot of stuff. Basically, a, well, maybe you take yeah. the you se- if you can sell it for five, you take ten from your savings and you go buy a fifteen thousand dollar car. What's your income? Yeah, um, I think with everything and when you take into account my side hustles and everything, I probably net seventy thousand a year. Great, yeah, that's awesome. So that's a reasonable purchase, and you can drive that fifteen thousand dollar car for a while. Do you have any other future goals like a home down payment? Are you investing right now? Yeah, I'm investing a lot. So over the course of the last three years, I put a bunch of money into a non-retirement tied like investment account and just been riding dividends um, in that space. I mean, that account I think is $55,000 and I'd rather leave it where it's at. Um, I mean, I'm putting enough into my 401k. I'm maxing out my Roth um, Good. and actively you know, investing that. I mean, I feel like I'm in a, a good spot. Yeah, you are in a great spot. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes, just you replenish get... the emergency fund once you buy the car. Make sure you're at you know three to six months right. of expenses in there. But other than that, dude, you're doing all the right things. Yeah, it's like, and I know the concept was great, right? You know, buy used, reliable, and just a little bit of the due diligence was good. Yes, that's what I was going to say, Evan. I think think for people out there, because I think you're right, there's so many lessons always to learn on this journey. And one of them, yes, is to always do the inspection. And to your point, we laughed uh, at another caller, or not at another caller, with another call a few weeks ago, uh, 
because I was having trouble keeping up with all the car lingo and whoever I was co-hosting with, they're like, you just need a car person in your life, whether it's the uncle or yeah. the friend, but they're like, there's always that person in your life that just knows cars and just take advantage of their knowledge, right? And because you are yeah. buying a crappier car when you're, especially when you're getting out of debt and you're doing this plan and you sell the sure. nice new car that has a $900 car payment every month to it, you know, and we say, go get a beater. It's this kind of thing, but you want to sure. be wise with that to your point. And those beaters are not there to last you three, four years down the road, maybe get you through nine to 12 months. And then maybe you upgrade a little bit there, right? So it, it is a continual change. It's not something that'll be forever. So I think you're at the point for sure, Evan, that yeah, you can definitely, definitely step and up your and next car. car you will definitely put, do a pre-purchase inspection. Yeah, I guarantee it. Yes, you would. And, yeah. and, and I would really challenge you to try to get closer to that six because you've put money into it. It's not just a crappy, you know, 2010 <laughs> right. car like it has new tire like you put value into it and i want you to be able to get that out of it so don't don't just settle and if you look at you know what these cars are actually going for in the open market even over a hundred thousand miles even a 2010 accord you could get over ten thousand dollars if the, if you can get this thing in good shape yeah it's a wild time out you there. may have gotten a lemon too it's kind of what it sounds like Oof. yeah i did and it was tough because i went across state lines and i didn't read all of the paperwork and i'm sure i signed away my lemon law rights they're different in michigan than they are in ohio and yeah. um it took it took 25 days for me to get it into the shop anyway originally so it kind of was a worst case scenario. totally totally yeah um, and Which, you have a good and, reputable honest mechanic that you're working with yeah he's a great guy okay um you know and it's uh he's a retired honda certified um you know mechanic just does work out of his garage. Um, I have no reason not to trust him. Um, yeah, and, and, and for you, Evan, nope. to, to keep, I feel like there's so much good stuff for listeners out there with the story. Sure. And that's another thing is your is car maintenance, as Evan has felt <laughs> over the last two years, it just is, yeah. it gets expensive, right? And so I do think, though, yeah. for people listening, get a second opinion because sometimes that one person, not saying your guy, Evan, is this, but there are some people that they're like, oh my gosh, it's kind of like, I don't know. You go somewhere yeah. and they're like, oh, well, this, 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 and this. And if it's me, sure. again, that doesn't know cars, I'm like, okay, fix it all. It I'm happens like, sure. with the dentist. I, like, you need $3,000 worth of work. The yeah. other dentist is like, no, you're fine. We'll fill that one tooth. You're good for a while. Yeah, you right, know? It's right, like, right. All right, cool. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. So second opinion right. on big maintenance things uh, for those of you listening and, to. Yeah, and well, to give you a little insight to, to my driving habits, I mean, in the 20 months, with all that work I've done, I still put 30,000 miles on the vehicle. Um yeah. So that's a to me that's a lot of driving. In a year, oh yeah, uh, that's yeah, that's a lot of driving, for sure. And in, and in my opinion, looking in that 2019 probably 2020 Civic range, I know those might be a little bit more expensive. I know the the body style got bigger, but in my mind, that's something that is going to be reliable, even if I get it, you know, pre-owned certified. Sure. Um, and that's something where just kind of eat the cash and then spend the next few months rebuilding that emergency yeah. fund. Yep, for sure. Yep, just be paying cash for the car. Don't let it be a crazy percentage, but it's not. You're doing great, Evan. Just overall, your overall financial picture is you awesome. You got the well right done. headspace around this. Don't let this hinder you from buying another used car. And don't let that hinder you, America. Don't just go out buying a new car because you heard Evan's story, okay? Make the right choice. Get the pre-purchase inspection. It's like 150 bucks. You'll have a lot of peace of mind. Worth it. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Matthew 5, 15. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. 
Mary Kay Ash said those who are blessed with the most talent don't necessarily outperform everyone else. It's the people with follow through that excel. That's a good quote. And Rachel, that's not Mary Kate and Ashley. It's Mary Kay Ash, a different historical figure. (laughs) No, I didn't want to confuse you. Thank you. Solving a mystery before dinner time. Man, I used to love those books. Man, they (laughs) Adventures of Mary Kate and Ashley. How the West was fun. Anyone? Oh, all of it. Throwback. There you go. The Holiday in the Sun was the preteen big movie where they went to Atlantis. Remember Atlantis? There was like right when it opened, they filmed. um, What great PR for And the enemy on it was uh, Megan Fox. Wow. Back in the day. I know. There's, back that's good. The preteen Take era. Rachel to your Mary Kate and Ashley trivia night. She will crush <laughs> it. Oh, well, back to what we're here to do, Rachel, is answer America's questions and help them solve their life's problems. And uh, hopefully we can do that with Jeremy in Palm Springs. Jeremy, what's going on? Hi, George. How are you doing? Doing great. How can we help? I got uh, $75,000 in debt and uh, baby on the way. Oh, congratulations. One bad thing, one good thing. What, it's a wash. What number of child is this for you, Jeremy? It's it's our first. Oh, congratulations. When are, when are y'all due? Thank you. Uh, due in about a month and a half-ish. Okay. Five, six weeks out, yeah. huh? Yeah. That's yeah, exciting. It's, it's coming up quick. So <laughs> you paired those two things together. It tells me that you're a little bit stressed about this debt. You want to try to get out of as much of it as possible before baby's here or what? Yes. Yeah, well, that's that's the instinct. Uh, me and my wife decided to go ahead and just put everything in savings because we don't know really how to raise a kid yet. That's wise. <laughs> so how much it's going to cost and all that. So, um, yeah. You're doing the right thing. Look for some guidance. So uh, I don't know how long you've been listening to the show, but you guys are in baby step two where you're paying off all consumer debt using the debt snowball method. Yes. And because you're having a baby, we call this stork mode, which means we are pausing the baby steps. We're pausing debt payoff and we're stacking up cash and savings until mom and baby are home safe. Yeah. Because we don't want you to go into debt. Yeah. Staying current on your bills. Yes. Good call. Um, But yes. But so, okay. So how much will you have Jeremy stacked, stashed away here in the next month or two and what you guys have been saving Um, so far? Well, so far uh, it's kind of complicated, but um, right now we have about $33,000 in emergency fund. Okay. That's great. Um, and that will, that will go up in the next, uh, couple months, hopefully. Um, so what, what do you think that'll be? Uh, if I were to guess, maybe it, it all depends on uh job and, and all that. Yeah. So maybe about 35,000 okay. Okay. in the next few months. So let's say you have right. 35K, um, baby's here, mom and baby are home safe. Then we can take most of that and throw it at this 75 in debt. Knocking yeah, it almost in yeah. half, right? Um, yes. Okay. I guess my question is, is um, there's about 55 of that in school loans, and mm-hmm. they range from like 3% to, to 7%. And there's like, it's like one loan, but it's got 10 loans. <laughs> yeah, they're broken out into separate uh, little loans. Yeah, so should I attack that as one loan as like the 7% or should I attack the car loan at 3%? What's the car loan? What's left on that? The car loan is at 22,000 right now. Okay. And is that all of the debt, the 55k and the 22k? Uh yes, minus the the house debt, yeah. Sure. Okay. So with the debt snowball, what's beautiful about it is you don't have to worry about the interest. You are 
trying to focus on momentum and progress. So you're going to lay out those debts from smallest to largest. So let's say one student loan is 1000 the next one is 3000 the next one's 5000 Then you would just knock those out one by one from smallest to largest while making minimum payments on the rest. And what that does is okay. you free up a payment sooner. You apply that payment plus all the margin you were throwing at the next debt, and the same thing happens, and you can see how the snowball picks up snow. And most people following this plan, they get rid of their debt in 18 to 24 months using this method. Okay. How much do you make a year? Okay. Um, well, that's in transition right now. I just uh, just got out of the military. So hopefully going back to making about uh, 70, 80,000 a year. Great. What's the car worth? The car, uh, honestly, haven't looked it up. It's a 2019. It's a pretty new, pretty new car for, for us anyway. Okay. I'm just wondering if, if you got to the point where you're like, man, I have 77000 in debt. I'm going to make seventy this year. This is going to take four years at this rate. It's a possibility that you end up selling the car and downsizing with cash. Yeah. So that's something to think about. Just to speed up this process for you guys. Because you got you got a, a yeah. solid income, but you also have some pretty serious debt here. Yeah, yeah. So if your income's not going to okay. go up significantly over the next year, you may want to look at just selling that car while while you can, while you can still get some good money for it, and then using some of that cash and savings to get a beater car to get you by for a year. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's an option, man. Thank you so much for the call, and congrats Yes. On the baby, that's Good exciting. Luck with the new addition, woo! I'm uh, I'm five months ahead of him here with a five month old, and it's it's a wild ride, Jeremy. <laughs> no one can prepare you, not even Rachel Cruz, and she tried <laughs> emotionally. Tried to give you all the baselines, George. What can Whatever. I say? You and Winnie are great. Y'all are. Killing She's it. the best mom. Killing it. You know, no, we were at dinner great. the other night, and we were just trying to be, have a moment of connection. Mm-hmm. And we were, I said, what are three things you're learning? This is what we do on date nights. I you and Winston do that too, great. right? Great. Good question. And she said, I'm learning that I'm a good mom. And I was like, <gasps> yes. A thousand percent yes. That is so good. And I feel for moms out there. The mom guilt is real. It's just like constant yeah. chaos and emotions and lack of sleep. And should I work? Should I stay? <sighs> I feel for new parents out or there. Or you see moms like, take care of yourself. And you're like, yes, I will. Don't worry about the laundry. You're like, okay. You know, the, who's yeah, gonna the clean worst the ki- advice, who's gonna Rachel, gonna I'm going to say this. This is the worst advice I got when it came to parenting. And I heard it from so many people. Oh, no. Did I give this to you? Nap when the baby Oh, naps. no. I hate that. Yeah, don't do that. What? <laughs> when am I going to shower? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When am yeah. I going to eat a meal? Yeah. That's when am I going to do laundry? That's a silly, that's a silly one. That's really now, nice. Now, at night, obviously. Sure. Ideal. That's fair. Let's get the baby sleeping. Whew. Then we can all sleep. But yeah, no, that's a... Yeah. Well, Rachel, meet Rachel. She's up next to finish off this hour. In Scottsdale, Rachel, get right to it. We're up against the clock. Hi, um, I'm Rachel. I live in Scottsdale. I'm currently working as a nurse, and I was wondering if I should take out some student loans for my bachelor's in nursing. Ooh, how, how much is it going to cost? Yeah. Um, well, I was looking at some programs. The cheapest program I could look at was forty grand, and that's kind of a lot for me. I don't really have any debt right now, and the big thing is, like, as an, I work as a nurse currently with my associates, and I make, like, there's really no difference between the bachelor's and associates at the moment, just because... Um, as far as your salary? Shortage. Yeah, exactly. So, so the ROI COVID isn't hitting, there. You're not going to be making 40 grand more. 20 no, grand exactly. More. Yeah, so yeah, why, because, why do you want to do it then? And why now? Um. Well... Just I what everyone just, does? I, well, that and... 
at the moment, I'm really able to get most jobs I want, but I don't know if that's going to last long term only because a lot of nurses were scared off because of COVID. Yeah. And I think eventually we're going to, we're the nurses coming in, it will be caught back up and everything will be okay. And I, I fear that I won't be able to get the jobs I want later down the line. That's sure. my fear. Yeah. And I think that's a valid fear, but I don't think that's a valid reason to take on debts to prevent something that hasn't even happened yet, you know? So when the time comes and you start to see that shift start to happen, then I would say, okay, let's think about, hey, what would it look like to go back to school, pay cash for it though, because we'll never, um, at least on this show, uh, advise you to go Mm -hmm. into debt. Um, How quickly could you save that up, that 40 grand? um, Well, I'm married. Me and my husband together make about, 90 grand a year but cost of living in scottsdale is pretty high like we're in a one bedroom and it's 2100 so. yeah sure. yeah i mean yeah. it would take a while totally it would take a while yeah i mean i think it could be a good goal for you rachel here in the next you know four or five years and just put some money aside in a sinking fund and just say hey that's kind of my school fund and then you may look up in four years and the and the thing you fear has not come to fruition and then you make a different decision. And maybe you guys have a baby and life looks different. I mean, who knows what's going to happen. But I would not rush into a degree and go into debt for it on something that's not reality yet. Retweet. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. You know, budgeting doesn't have to be boring. You just need a budgeting app that's made with you in mind. And that's Every Dollar. The Every Dollar app has helped millions of people work the baby steps and take the stress out of planning and managing their money. Start budgeting with Every Dollar for free right now. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Every Dollar and download the app today. That's RamseySolutions.com slash Every Dollar.